Welcome to Niners Talk with John, Tim, and Brian. Let's talk Niners. How can six of you miss a play like that, huh? What the fuck was that? John, you have the best size, I think, on the planet in all the podcast universe. You know, this is supposed to be Therapy Tuesday, but it's more of a pissed off Monday. A manic Monday, made famous by the Bengals, because we lost to the Bengals. I'm just not happy. I understand. I mean, if we lost the Bengals, uh, well, at least I had Susanna Hoffs to look at the entire game. This was uh, anything uh, but pretty to look at. Yeah, so how are you feeling, Tim? I feel that Halloween came early. I think watching The Exorcist might have been an easier <laughs> easier video to watch than the 49ers. There's no, there's no getting around it. The 49ers were soundly beaten yesterday by a better team uh they were out coached they were outplayed this team right now uh, they've now lost three in a row and they have now slipped into second place in the nfc west because of seattle's victory over cleveland and they're now two full games back of the eagles uh, going into a bye week that i think they sorely need but the schedule doesn't get any easier after that so the 49ers uh there's a lot to talk about uh, what is going on with the offense? What is wrong with the defense? Uh, there's a whole lot we're going to talk about in this podcast. A lot to unpack. Yeah. Brian, how are you feeling? I'm feeling just as disappointed. Um, I feel like it's a broken record. I know that, you know, everything we've been talking about for the last, like, three weeks is kind of just repeating itself over and over again. So we talked about that with... Uh, Cleveland two weeks ago, we talked about it with Minnesota last week, and uh, yeah, it's just kind of repeating itself. And we did talk last Tuesday, which was the 24th. Today happens to be the 30th, so it's six days earlier. So I feel like we had the Monday night game last week. We talked on Tuesday. We thought everything would be fixed, and it's Sunday, and now it's Monday. We're doing this podcast. So it feels like everything's just coming together. Like in, it's, it's just close. Yeah, I, I don't know. Today was kind of disappointing. But at least I got to watch the Warriors game last night. So, so where they won. You got that going for you. <laughs> so, for those of you tuning in for the first time, or to some of our listeners who keep coming back, thank you. We're three obsessed Niners fans who get together weekly to talk about the 48 Niners. We do this whether they win, we do this whether they lose, and sometimes even when they tie. But we don't do it for the money. We just do it for fun. And if you have a moment, give us a like, follow us, give us a review. We're doing it if it's listening to ourselves talk. So on that note, there you go. I can sell it. <laughs> Let's talk about this tobacco love a game. First of all, congrats to Brian Volpenheim. I hope he was <laughs> able to watch it and enjoy the game. Um, and also next week we will have Michael Loyocano on our show. Uh, he has kindly invited me down to Jacksonville to that game, but he's going to give us his perspective on the Jags. But it's about the Bengals right now. Um, I was going to say, uh, first of all, John, congrats. Your first official assignment 
travel assignments for this podcast. So, so way to go on that. And yeah, congrats to Volpe. I hope he's enjoying his Cincinnati skyline chili thing, whatever the thing is, chili, pasta, cream cheese, and Fritos or something like that. But, uh, sounds about as, um, sounds about like the 49er game plan. It was kind of a mess. Yes. So, so John, when you're, when you're in Jacksonville, we'd like to get some audio of you and interviewing some crazy Jags fans or uh, some, uh, just some, you know, just some, just I'm going to go inconspicuous. I just really, really want to win. To be honest with you. But oh, let's, we can talk about that next week. Let's talk about this week. So the Bengals or Bengals. Um, that was, that was no bueno from, yeah. from the beginning to end. I mean, there were some faint glimmers of hope, but there weren't a lot of them. Yeah. So, so Tim, just why don't you give us some of your thoughts on the game and what you saw after looking at the the horror show that was the tape this morning? Well, let me preface it by saying, looks like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, this was finally at four o'clock today. I decided, okay, I'm going to look at it. We're going to look at the game tape. So, you know, the 49ers, after the last two losses, I felt they needed to come out and they needed to establish uh, their tempo right out of the gate. And that did not happen. You look at the first three plays of this game, uh, 49ers, uh, they give to McCaffrey, he gains eight. Second and two, he gains one. And then third and one, uh, they give it to Juszczyk and uh, Jake Brendel, the center, is absolutely just shoved right into the backfield. So the 49ers go three and out on their opening drive. And that is not the start you wanted when you're a team that is, uh, is struggling. So Bengals, they get the ball and you figure, okay, if the 49ers are going to make a statement, they're going to make a statement on defense. You know, uh, they had a shot at, at a fumble, you know, first, first, uh, first play of the game for Joe Burrows, uh, very similar to, you know, what we had with Minnesota, uh, which our various Ward uh, picked it off. 49ers had an opportunity. Uh, they didn't cash that one in because of the CMC fumble, but the 49ers, the ball's lying on the ground, but uh, Bengals were able to recover. But it really was the third and 10 where I thought, here we go again. 49ers, it's third and 10. Bengals are on their 31. Burroughs is back. And I think two or three guys have a shot. And I felt it was going to be a sack. And it just, John, it was deja vu all over again. Uh, almost a similar play to what we saw with Kirk Cousins uh, against Minnesota. Uh, Burroughs is able to escape. Uh, he, I mean, he escaped from Nick Bosa. He throws over to the right. Um, he hits uh, Higgins for 10 yards and a first down. And then on top of all that, even if the Niners had sacked him, the Niners were flagged for defensive holding. So right there, that set the tone of the game very early. Bengals score, they go up 7-0, and there's that nut in the pit of your stomach like, here we go again. So uh, the, the Bengals, they just seem to be firing all cylinders. Uh, Kyle Shanahan today in his press conference said, his team looked slow and they looked tired. And I agree. There, there just did not seem to be that, um, that, that just, you know, that intensity that we've seen from the 49ers, uh, you know, earlier part of this year. So it just, it set the stage for the rest of the game. The 49ers were able to, to tie the game, get within striking distance. But 
I always felt that the 49ers uh, were hanging by a thread. It was just going to take one or two plays from Cincinnati to blow the thing open. And eventually that, that's what happened. So 49ers have a lot to work on in this bye week. And we're going to see what they do. To get, I mean, it's going to be two weeks. But at this point, it's like, I think they need to get back to fundamentals. They're not tackling well. There's a lot of questions on the defense. So there's there's a lot to go through here, guys. Brian? First initial observations, just going with the defense. They, I think they only, how do they do? They gave up a touchdown, touchdown, and then that goal line fumble. They they, they made them punt one time, um, and then another touchdown, <laughs> and then another touchdown, and then another punt. So, like, you know, basically... They had four touchdowns, the goal line fumble by, I can't remember who it was. It was a chase who fumbled it, but um, yeah, the defense looked like they were just, I mean, just kind of looking at the the way that all the plays developed, they always seemed to be like first and 10. It was always like first and 10 and they were getting 10 to 15 or tw- you know 20 yards or something yeah. on each play. And that, that just always seemed to be the case. And then if they had them third and long, which was rare, Cincinnati just knew how to pick it up. They had everything from Joe Burrow scrambling for one. They had Joe Burrow, you know, making some some dime passes. So, I don't know. I mean, we can talk about the offense too, but I think the defense definitely, they just, they just I, I thought they were going to work on those inside middle passes from, you know, when watching the Vikings game. But it just, I don't know. It just didn't seem to work, this game. No. Well, I... I mentioned this during the game, and I, I know you do want to say it, but it, it, the, the 49ers uh, front four, and we mentioned they're not getting to the quarterback. They're not creating pressure. But the linebackers, Dre and Fred Warner, are about four yards off the line of scrimmage, which is fine if you can create pressure from your front four, but that's not thing. And that middle is just wide open. And that was early in the game. Yeah. Like, it was like, okay, run the ball or throw these little slants hooks in Joe Burrow and company did that all day I thought defensively it was the worst performance they've had a long a long time they just looked like totally out of sorts and in the wrong spot at the wrong time when you let somebody go 19 straight completions you're not doing something right like cold timeout like do something. So I the defense was was atrocious and, and for a unit like that with names like Hargrave, Bosa, Armstead, Warner, Gray Dreamlaw, Traverius Ward, there's a Hafunga. I mean, that shouldn't happen. Yeah. Um so I think it was just a total letdown, not only from a schematic point of view, but also just an execution point of view. That being said, we can switch gears to to the offense, which again, I think was a schematic failure. I thought Kyle did not do a very good job of putting uh, players in a position to, to win again. I think he's got this idea. We've seen this from him before where he just wants to do something and he's going to do it until the cows come home. And right now it's establish the run. And so you can set your clock to it. What's the first play? Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. What's the second play? Christian McCaffrey. It's like, they're like, oh, we're going to do the run to establish play action. 
Look, did you establish the run in the first eight weeks? You can start with play action, play one. Like, you know, especially if you see, okay, there's, here's an idea, call pass play, call a run play. Brock, are there eight guys staring at you in the box? Great. Throw it off to this guy. I also thought the Bengals compared to the 49ers schematically put a lot more thought. I mean, you had Jamar Chase lined up in the slot against a nickel. I didn't see anything from the 49ers that suggested creativity. It just, you know, I know he's got this reputation as this, this boy genius of calling plays, but he's done this before where it's like, I don't see, I didn't see it. It looked plain vanilla to me. So Brian, any thoughts from you on just what you saw? Uh, well, you know, the numbers speak for itself. I think it was like the first three games, the, the Niners averaged like what, 30 points a game. Yeah. The last three games in these losses, they've only got 17 points. Yeah. And, you know, in a tight defensive battle, that probably will win you the game. But it's not going to cut it if your defense is, is definitely not putting up the pressure and, and not covering the receivers. Um, in terms of the run game, I totally agree with you. We had total opportunity, John, to take it to the 29th ranked defense for, for rushing. And, you know, and I, I always think back to this adage of like running the ball will open up the pass, but passing will also open up the run. And you kind of need that balance. And I think you're right. That first, the first three plays of all, you know, two of McCaffrey and then the third one to use check, you definitely got to mix it up. And I think teams are understanding that and they're going to bring players in the box and they're definitely going to go for their, they know the Niners are going to go for the running game first now. And, you know, that they're pretty one dimensional in that field. So you're definitely going to have to break out of that. So Tim, what do you think about? Yeah, that? no, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, you, you just, I go back and I look at the, the game field. I mean, the, the Bengals had three down linemen and two ends uh, in standing position, uh, you know, on their defensive line. And then their two linebackers are playing very close to the line of scrimmage. So when the 49ers snap the ball, McCaffrey doesn't have, not only does he not have the lanes, he doesn't have anything to cut back to. So he's frankly just running into a pile of bodies. Yeah. Because the 49ers, uh, you know, are not winning those matchups. And maybe Trent Williams in there makes a difference. I don't think it would be enormous. But he's just um, he's just not finding the daylight that he's seen so soon. And I, I think, yeah, I, I think the 49ers have become somewhat predictable in their first couple of plays. Uh, yeah, we'll you can take McCaffrey and we'll, you, we'll give you, we'll give you one, we'll give you two, but on third down, we're going to pin our ears back, uh, cause we'll rush four and drop seven. And Johnny, you mentioned, we, we've talked about this in the last two weeks of Shanahan riding with someone to frankly levels that just don't, that just don't make a lot of sense. It's like almost playing a video game. You keep running the same guy over and over again. Um, in fact, I go back to the Pittsburgh game where the game was well in hand and he kept coming, he kept running Christian McCaffrey and we're like, put in Jordan Mason, you've got other guys out there. Yeah. And so, you know, later on, we did see some play action. We did see Purdy rolling out. I think he's better on a rollout. The Bengals looked a little off balance there and the Niners were able to get some, some yardage there, but yeah, for creativity, I, I came away fairly disappointed. 
and you just thought, you know, Kyle, it just your stubbornness is not going to win you the football game. It's out coaching the guy on the other sideline there. So we haven't seen that. Uh, we certainly didn't see that yesterday. Oh, we haven't seen it since Dallas. No, we have not. Right. That's right. So, you know, read a, read a decent amount today. I, I think all of the, the quote-unquote, <laughs> I kind of almost think some of the members of the press are actual, like, 49er haters you know, who are, uh, and even people who cover the 49ers don't like them, like Grant Cohen, sometimes Matt Mayoko, and Kyle Kami just likes to feel superior. But a lot of people were talking about Brock Purdy. Um, and I actually think he had a pretty good game. He had two mistakes, could have been three, but some of his ball placement during while we were trying to catch up was was elite. Uh, that that throw to Kittle when he was backed up against his own end zone, um, throwing across his body to hit Kittle again near the Bengals end zone, hitting McCaffrey in the end zone. Really, for me, that was about the only high point I saw is that he was able to keep the Niners in it with his arm and his legs. Brian, what do you think of, of Brock? That, that's oh. all, that was my only, like, shining hope out of this game was, okay, at least he's trying. He's keeping him somewhat in it. You, you know, he did have over 300 yards passing, so what was that, 365? I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, up until the point when he was trying to throw that little loft pass to Elijah Mitchell to score that touchdown. And I can't remember who picked it off on that on, on Cincinnati, but that was just an awesome play. That was amazing. But I, but I'm just kind of at a loss sometimes. I that was like that was a freak play to me. Yeah. That that happened. But he looked you know, overall, I, I'm I'm still on Brock's bandwagon. I, I'm I'm definitely for him. I mean, like you know, you're you're gonna make mistakes, and it's it's unfortunate. It's it's kind of magnified um, because the Niners have lost three in a row, um, and they've only put up 17 points a game. But I think he did pretty good. He had you were right, John. He had some excellent throws to Kittle at the end when they were trying to do that mini comeback. Um, yeah, we'll just uh, we'll see. Um, no, what about you, Tim? Uh, well, I'm going to disagree with you guys. I am going to be that guy, and I'm and I'll preface it by saying I, I'm not putting this all on on Brock Purdy. Football, as we've said before, is a complimentary game. You know, all you know, defense, offense, special teams, they all have to. You know, if one side is lacking, the other has to pick it up, and and, and so forth. But um, I thought Brock. Um, well, let's let's take a step back. He's thrown four interceptions in the last two games. Uh, hard to win football games when you're turning the ball over. He got away with two passes that could have been picked off, two in the first half. Uh, one, which was a very similar play to what happened in the fourth quarter uh, when he was picked off uh, by the uh, Bengals linebacker. But I'm going to go to the um, his first pick uh, in the fourth quarter. And this is, I think, the, this is a growing pain for Brock Purdy, and, and he has to learn from this. We look at that play, and what it was supposed to be a, an option handoff to Elijah. Uh, and if that wasn't uh, going to happen, then I, I think he was going to try to shovel it to uh, to Kittle. Well, the handoff doesn't happen. And he starts rolling to the right. It's first down, and it's it's now turned into a running play. So two things. One, if it's not there, 
you know, run out of bounds, just kill the play, go to second down, get another opportunity. I think he was trying to make something happen, but I think he's got to have better game awareness. You're down seven. You need a touchdown. You can have two other opportunities uh, after that. And he also should have done a running play that his linemen were downfield. So if he had completed something, it would have been called back. On the other interception, he was baited, and he was baited, I say, would say very well by the Bengals linebacker. Uh, he had thought he was a pretty thought he was going to go to his, his to his right. He goes to his left uh, and and baited pretty right into that throw. Um, so you know, two turnover, two interceptions, at least in the last two games, is it all on Purdy? No, of course not. That is, we've talked so much uh, about the defense, but. He's got enough to learn from these mistakes. Uh, and as I said, you know, in the, in, in the play that, you know, was still Elijah Mitchell, his first uh, interception, he's got to have better game awareness. So I think, I think those are, you know, those are realistic criticisms. You know, nobody's perfect, uh, but Brock has to be aware of the down distance in the game situation. No, I, I don't disagree with you on, on those. I just think if you had had any other quarterback in there like Sam Darnold, it would have been 31 to three. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to say that. You know, we, <laughs> but, well, if we had, well, if we had held on to Trey Lance, everything would have been fine. No, no, I'm not. I'm not naive or ignorant enough to say that. I think you know, in fairness to Brock, he is not a Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to throw for 400 yards. He's not that type of player. Uh, so to put it all on his shoulders, uh, I think is you know, it's it's. It's a challenge to him. He's dealing with a lot more pressure than he has at any point in his career with the 49ers. And we're going to see how he handles it. You know, I think he's, we've obviously seen what he can do. Now the question is, okay, after this kind of, you know, after three losses, will he be able to turn it around? Yeah. Right. I think it's going to have to start with Kyle though. I agree. I mean, I, we've seen this story before with Garoppolo. Yeah. So, you know, I, it has to start with, with the coaching and that's where we get better, but let's get into our, uh, review of the keys to victory where the Niners actually went with a whole goose egg, <laughs> get the defense, right? Number one, that was a big, no 31 yeah, well, points. Th well, and 400 yards. And, and as I said, uh, to you earlier, John, uh, in the last two games, the four, defense uh has 852 yards and uh, to be honest that 31 points could have been easily more with if, yes. without that fumble down yeah. the goal line yes all right brian are you glad you didn't go to that game going back to levi's i am so glad i sold my ticket so uh yeah i'm, I'm glad um yeah, that didn't help Obviously, we thought having home field advantage would be uh, helpful, but not. Two games away and come back at home. No. But the crowd looked fired up, and I thought they would have all been fired up because it was like, what, reunion alumni weekend. Yeah. You know, and so you kind of would have thought that they'd been all fired up. So I actually think Joe Montana is really bad for the game. They seem to lose <laughs> every time Joe Montana shows Don't up. Don't say that. Don't say that. How'd you put him in? John, have you seen that? What is it, the Geico commercial where it's like Emmett Smith, Jerry Rice, yeah, Randy Pepsi. Moss? And like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's good for at least That's... one series. Um, it's like uh, it's like uh, Tony Romo said, I could do two plays. Yeah, two exactly. Plays. Yeah. <laughs> uh, turnovers, keeping positive. That didn't happen. 
That's a negative that's, Ghost Rider. That's a negative on that one. And then last but not least, don't let Joe Burrow beat you. Well, when he can throw 19 <laughs> completions, it doesn't happen either. Yeah. Like, um, I do have to say, we go to the stars of the game. Joe Burrow is back to being Joe Burrow. Yeah. Um, Joe Burrow was... I wish he had been playing Seattle or he'd been playing some other team other than the 49ers because he looked he looked awesome. He looked pretty sharp. Um, yeah. He looked sharp. His calf's obviously not bothering him anymore. He had a really good game plan uh, against the 49ers defense, and he executed on. He was fired up. The other thing we've seen, uh, oh, the Browns and the Bengals have been coming off buys. I think NFL teams are getting better about managing the buy and getting these guys rested because the Browns looked energetic and the Bengals looked energetic and the Niners did not. The second uh, stars of the game uh, was Joe Mixon. Oh, yeah. Joe Mixon, really good running back performance. Uh, he was gashing them. Yeah, I don't think the Niners have given up 100 yards rushing, and they did in this game. Tim, is that right? I got to look real quick here, but uh, uh, in terms, of, yeah, they gave up 134 yards rushing. They they had given up 100 yards to Cleveland. They actually gave up 160 yards to Cleveland, 105 to Arizona. But I I think you know in this case it's been it's been like Minnesota and and Cincinnati. You don't have to dominate the 49ers in in the running game, you just have to be effective and that throws off, uh, their game plan. Yeah. Well, it's, as I like to say, when we win, it's not all sunshine and lollipops. I'd like to actually see some sunshine and lollipops yeah. in a month. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, where can we improve? <laughs> well, uh, a little bit of everything. I, I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna lean on the defense. First. We only have four hours to kill, so you know. It, <laughs> I mean, we we already we already talked about the defense, the offense, but I, I I'm gonna say overall, the defense needs to improve, especially the the pressure on the opposing quarterback. So, you know, in two weeks when they're playing Trevor Lawrence and the Jags, you want to see Trevor Lawrence on the ground, and I think they only had what three sacks, which they probably could have had more. Against against the Bengals, I might have that stat right, but you want you want to see the pressure up front, and then you know that'll that'll lead to kind of everything else. I always believe you know with the middle of the field, with the corners, the safeties. As long as you put pressure on the quarterback, the quarterback's going to rush everything, and um, yeah, that's where I love to see them get better first. Tim, Tim, what do you think? You have to get better on first and second down. Uh, these second and fours, these third and shorts are are killing the 49ers. Are we talking but, offense or defense? Well, or both? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll get to the offense in a second. But I think, you know, going back to the defense, uh, you know, Richard Sherman said on his podcast today that um, he, he looks at the Niners, they're playing a lot of man on first and second down, and that the defensive line seems to be trying to do some sort of intricate pass rush technique that he does not seem to be working. He's like, get back to the fundamentals, get back to simply playing football and getting after guys. I mean, if you make mm. a mistake, then, you know, you know, make a mistake, but crash down on these guys. Don't let these guys push you around on the line of scrimmage. But I think, you know, after hearing everything we've said 
so far on on the defense. And well, I know I'll talk a bit more about the offense, but from what I hear from you guys, this is not a talent issue. We no, look at no. this team. We, <laughs> no, we we look at Hargrave. We look at uh, Armstead. We look at Bosa. We look at you know Warner. We look at people who are all pro, and there it's just the it's not happening on the field. So you know, I think the easiest scapegoat is Steve Wilkes right now. And there's been some talk about, you know, him now getting out of the booth and coming down to the sideline. Uh, if that might be a plus, perhaps it will. But the 49ers need to put teams uh, on their heels. They need to um, play with that sort of reckless abandon that we've seen from before. And that has at times, you know, given up some some big plays. Uh, there's no question about that. But the 49ers, to me, they, the defensive line in particular, they look hesitant coming off the ball. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any sort of, you know, I'll meet you at the quarterback attitude. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, the, the, there, I think, frankly, just like I've said before, I think this team just get, needs to get back to straight fundamentals in the bye week. Uh, Brian, any other places to improve? Well, I'm going to dwell on that topic, Tim, you were talking about with Steve Wilkes. I did see that about, you know, people saying he should come down from the booth. I mean, that doesn't seem like his character. He doesn't look like a Robert Sala um, uh, the D'Amico Ryan's type of guy to be down there and always fired up. I think he can do it from the booth, but I don't know. But if that's what it takes to fire up your guys, something needs to to be lit. Like they're they're definitely playing passively, and you could just see that. And I think you called it. They're hesitant. I don't I don't know if that's gonna change in any way, or I'd love to see it kind of change. But I don't know. There needs to be some sort of motivation or fire with the defense i tend to think i think this is for both offense and defense they're overthinking don't because they know they're good yeah it's like don't come up with this intricate whatevers and what it's like hey you four it's real simple go get that guy and then fred and dre enforce the middle and then you've got enough guys that can cover because if they can crash down in under two seconds no quarterback's going to be able to get off big plays. And Fred and Dre have always played really well when they're, you know, up against the line. Then when you have a third and long, then, you know, you, you put everybody near the first down marker and tackle before they get there. It's not, it's not rocket science. Well, the same yeah. thing goes on offense. Like, don't get all this, like, well, I have to do this chess match because I might be playing Seattle in four weeks. Like, no. Right with the right now, <laughs> it's 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 a it's a week to week league, you know. Start something new each week, you know. Don't like I love Christian McCaffrey. He is a warrior. He is awesome. He has scored seventeen touchdowns in a row. Do something different. Make it easier yeah. on Brock. Make it easier on Christian. And I just don't see it. Like, and it's just it's it's frustrating as all get out because. I am by no means a football expert when I'm like, okay, well, guess what? Christian McCaffrey's coming. Like, you don't think the defense does that? So. You know, one thing I wanted to point out, like, you can definitely see the frustration level on some of the players because I did see uh, Christian McCaffrey on TV kind of say to Brock, like, give me the effing ball. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that, but yeah, I, you, I you, see if you say that, if you, like, I think they were in a huddle. And I think they were just, it was probably around the third or the fourth quarter. Um, but I think what he was, he, he, it was like, 
I think they were always getting, they were getting stopped. And I can't remember the context, but I did see, my friend was telling me that um, he was saying that to him, give me the effing ball. And, uh, you know. I, I remember Garoppolo once getting in a play from, from Kyle. And he's like, same fucking play. And just shaking <laughs> his head. So, yeah, he gets in these things. So, anyway, since we're at the, the half hour mark, let's talk about my other shit shows going on, which is my betting results. I actually didn't know it was possible to go 0 for for four weeks in a row. So Wait, what? Yeah. So oh this my is God. my last betting segment. We're killing it here. This is when it dies. Um, yeah. So 0 and 3, so 13, 26 and 1. The commanders actually had the Eagles on the ropes. Yeah, they did. Plus six and a half and let them off the ropes. And couldn't get that sorted. The Jets and Giants just played in a monsoon and with Zach Wilson and the third string Giants quarterback. So that was a whole that was a putt fest. And Cleveland and Seattle. Fucking Seattle. I mean, end of the game, scores it, goes over. So that's it. That's the end of the John Cashman betting segment <laughs> for Niners Talk. <laughs> You'll have to go find your opposite bets and do well someplace else. <laughs> so, Brian, that brings us to Niners trivia time. I don't know if I it's a a themed one, a midseason well, theme, or you know, have we gotten ourselves back on track theme? I, I just I found this week kind of interesting. So oh good, uh, they're not. Yeah, they're not. They're not kind of. They're they're not. Obviously, it's not Jaguars themed yet. So uh, this week is bi week bi week themes. So I didn't know you could actually have enough content to put for bi week, but I'll tell you guys. Okay, <laughs> well, there's the Google. <laughs> um, let's see. I think I think Tim's gonna know this one, but the NFL brought back the bye in what year? 1990. 1991. What a contrarian. All right. Tim says 90. John does 91. Okay. Question number two. Since then, what is the earliest the Niners have had their bye week? And what is the latest the Niners have had their bye weeks? So this is a two-part question. So I'm going to go with 2019 would be their earliest when they had it in week four. And the latest, I have no idea. I'm I'm gonna agree with John that it was 2019. Uh the latest. I'm just gonna have to do a shot in the dark here. I'll say 2021. 2021? Yeah. You guys want to hint in any way or? Uh... No, sure. Oh, okay. okay. Tim's greedy. Yeah. I like to cheat too. I will say Mariucci in the Mariucci oh. era. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I'll go, uh, I'll go 2003. Okay. Actually, no, 2002, 2002. Cause 2003, I think we had Dennis Erickson. Yep. Okay. So we talked about. So you guys said 1990, 91 is when the NFL schedule. I will give you, yes, that did happen uh, in those two years. So 
But before that, the NFL actually did have bye weeks in 1950, 1960, and 1966. So the Niners joined the league in 1950. So I'm going to see here if you guys can guess this. The reason why they brought these teams in was because they brought an expansion team. So it was, it was even, let's say 12 teams or 14 teams, and they had to bring an extra team in for expansion. So let me see if we can guess this one. In 1950, which were the teams that came in that made the league uneven? In 1960, which team came in to make it uneven? And then in 1966, which team came in to make it uneven? So... We start at the first one. So in 1950, which of the teams that came in to made it, made it uneven? Mm-hmm. I'm going to uh, go Los uh, Angeles Superchargers. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, it was, well, one was the Niners and the other was the Cleveland Browns. I, I don't know of the third one that have come in. Uh, those are the only two ones, I think. The Dallas uh, Texans. That was the AFC, John. Come on up. um what was the second one what was the second question 1960 1960 to make it uneven i'm gonna say minnesota vikings okay and then what was was there a third 66 Uh, the chefs no because they were still in the nfl uh so uh, they didn't merge until the 69 70 seasons or 71 seasons so um i'll go with the saints those those are good educated guesses okay. thank you all right that's you it know, Let's i did go on. to <laughs> whoa all right let's cool. move on thanks all right so now we're at mid-season all right. How are we feeling about the Niners right now? It's, it's, it's been a little roller coaster. Like, we click, 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 click. Sort of like the edge of Great America. Yes. Like, you want to do it again? <laughs> no. No. Not really. <laughs> so, I, I have two thoughts. Um, yeah. One is one's positive and one's a little was dark. The first thought. Is we've been here before with Kyle Shanahan. It's actually his best, second best record at week eight since 2019. So he, he was undefeated, 8 0, and then now he's 5 and 3. You know, we've, we've been much worse. So, and he's dug himself out plenty of times before last season left, et cetera. So, my, my positive thought is they'll recover from this, they'll be stronger. They'll go on a run. Number one seed's not totally out of you know, reach because Eagles still have a brutal schedule. Seattle still has a brutal schedule. And the Niners still can beat all those teams. Here's my pessimistic thought. This reminds this season reminds me a lot of Harbaugh's last season when they went eight and eight and just couldn't execute. Um you know, it started off strong. Obviously, they were in the NFC Championship the year before. Uh, they just couldn't. They couldn't get it going. I just remember, you know, the brutalness of that Thanksgiving game against Seattle. They're playing Seattle on Thanksgiving again. Those are my. Those are my two thoughts. And right now, I'm, I'm feeling a little more darker than I am optimistic. Tim, 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, if we had to give uh, the 49ers a grade at, the, at this uh, point, I give them a C. Uh, just because they, you know, they race out to this five and zero start, but the last three games, we we just seen we've seen breakdowns, and we saw the worst breakdown uh, in the last one uh, against the Bengals. I'm gonna share the pessimism pessimism with you, uh, John, because I don't like how well Kyle's been here before, and players saying, "Well, we've been here before, guys. You don't want to be here. Yeah, this <laughs> is not where you want to be." <laughs> And just as just you know, giving me um, the answer like, well, we've had to fight through this before. Um, you shouldn't be in this position. You know, two of those three losses you could have won, uh, and we'd be sitting here at uh, seven and one instead of instead of five and three, and and a really bad feeling going into a, to a bye week. So, I agree, John. That this feels a lot like um, Harbaugh's last year, where they were able to eke out some some wins down the line but it just seemed like the Niners were playing below the level of what the talent on that team uh, could do yeah so um so we'll, we'll see but I, I'm not going into the second half of the season continuing considering the way they have played the the, the situation with the defense uh Kyle's stubbornness uh with going to the same plays or same, same 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 patterns, I, I would say, uh, and looking at the level of competition, I, the Niners are they got a they got a tough challenge ahead about that. So, is it possible they won? Absolutely, uh, but I'm not bringing with op- optimism. Say, yep, bring it on, let's go, come on. And I'm more <laughs> like, all right, we got to get this right. You guys need to you guys need to put yourself in a you know in a office for for four days and figure this out. Brian, do you have any sunshine or lollipops to give? Ugh. Well, you, you brought me down bringing back the 2014 season because I just remember <laughs> that. They they were like, what, seven and four? And they were they eight lost, and eight. Like, yeah. To yeah. They lost they, to the Raiders in Oakland. That's where I, that, that was one of the, that was a horrible loss. And then you went to this game, Tim, but they, they, we lost against the Chargers, I remember, at home. And oh, I remember. Uh, uh, and they also but, blew a 28 10 halftime lead. Who's better about that loss? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to say a little more positive. I, I actually, well, I am disappointed because I did think that they were going to, this was the win that they needed to get. Like they needed, they everybody wanted to go into the bye with a victory to be six and two. I'm just, just disappointed they didn't get it. I'm sure everyone in the organization is just as, as disappointed as us fans. I think they'll figure it out. You know, these next two weeks, they'll, as Tim, as you were saying, they'll they'll probably reanalyze everything from the way they call plays on offense and on defense. You know, Brock's going to have to be a little bit more protective of when he's going to throw those those balls deep. And um, yeah, I, I I think they'll figure it out. You know, they're playing their schedule is going to be a little bit like they're playing Jacksonville in two weeks, and then they're and then they're playing Tampa Bay. The you know three weeks from now they're playing Seattle. Philly and then Seattle. So that's going to be a tough gauntlet. So weeks 12, 13, and 14. So, um, but if, as long as they get those two wins next week, you know what? They'll, in the next two games, they'll be what, seven and three? And then they can take two out of the three against those tough games. I, I think they'll be fine. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, I completely agree. Like the path is, is there. Their path to yeah. their 1C is there. Path the NFC is West is there. 
my big concern, and this harkens back to 2014 under Harbaugh, was they just, it, it's just, it was like, it was a comedy of errors. Every time, like, you went and looked at something, something weird happened. You know, remember that Kaepernick fumbles the ball on the one-yard line? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just something like that. So, <laughs> absolutely, they can get right. But they got to show me that they can get right, yeah. you know, and that that's where I'm that's where I'm a little mystified right now. And again, it's I'm glad we have a bye week because next week we can enjoy football. Hopefully, Seattle loses. Dallas and the Eagles are playing against each other, so you know someone's gonna lose there. And then yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, we get Debo and, and Trent Williams back. I mean, the only big news coming out today was you know Aaron Banks has turfed. Which obviously could have affected the game, but I think Joe Feliciano did a really good job when Banks was out, so I'm not too concerned there. Uh, but it, it, to me, it comes down to execution. And we'll yeah. do one more thing before we we wrap things up. The trade day, trade no, 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 the trade deadline. <laughs> don't don't edit that, John. That was that was that was great. Um. <laughs> I have so many bad thoughts through my head, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna <laughs> say I'm, it's a family podcast. The trade line, trade deadline comes up. I'm so excited, I can't say it. Trade deadline comes up tomorrow. Brian, you think you're gonna make a move? I mean, there's talk that they want to pick up some sort of corner or safety, and I think I think I talked about that. We might have talked about that like previously if we were gonna go after some players. So might as well i mean you know they're 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 basically all in for the next two seasons right so you know anything they can to make it better i still think you know if we're talking about the corners i think gibson hufanga are awesome you know um and you know I, we haven't seen a lot of womack lately or uh you know but lenore seems to be playing pretty good most of the time so who knows? I think they'll probably go after some sort of corner. I think that's what is my kind of thoughts. I don't know, Tim. What do you think? Do you think they'll pick up somebody? or uh... If they do, I'll be surprised. I, I just don't know if the Niners have that much to offer uh, in terms of draft picks or if they are going to want to give up some of the prices for the players that are still out there. So I'm not saying it can happen, but I, I'm not holding my breath. Because you don't want to run out of oxygen. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, it's going to happen before the the podcast come come. You know, it's yeah. going to happen after we finish this up. I actually think the Niners will make a move. One, I think they need a spark of some sort, um, similar to when they signed Bosa. I think they just they need to feel like some kind of cavalry is coming in that's going to to help them. Well. Uh, I think also that they they also need to address a big problem, which is rushing the passer right now. So I think they're going to get an edge rusher. I can see two guys. One, Danelle Hunter from the Vikings. Uh, it was I was so sad to see Kirk Cousins go down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously he had an awesome game against us, but from the quarterback thing on Netflix, what a good dude. And I hope he recovers. He's able to play. And if he decides that that's a career, you know, he was a just a great person. 
and a great um, Viking. Um, and unfortunately, he was with the Commanders, you know, which is just a death now. I think you can see Danelle Sweat. It's not Danelle Hunter. You see Marquez Sweat. You can see Chase Young. Uh, you can see um, Byrne from Carolina. All of those teams not doing so hot right now want to move into rebuilding uh, and can get something for them as all these guys become free agents. So that that's kind of my thought. Um, I'll, I'll I'll throw one other thought. I think the one guy maybe scratching his head a bit is Randy Gregory. I mean, he, when he joined the Niners, he's gone zero and three with the Niners, while the Broncos have, have won three straight. So I'm just, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm sort of thinking he's like, wait a minute, what what just happened? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just just want to put that out there for a little bit of free agent trivia. So grass really... sometimes isn't always greener on the other side. At least I hope it gets greener for the Niners and Randy Gregory, because right now. Yes. <laughs> We're like, hey, Randy, <laughs> we're just going to cut you because for some reason it's just not happening. It ain't working out. It ain't working um, out. You know, we tried this dating thing for three weeks and, you know, I'm just not feeling it. Um. Anyway. <laughs> but, Tim, as our, as our resident historian, yes. I think we need some, some we talked about the, the debacle of the last year of Harbaugh, but why don't you, why don't you tell us the tale of the 19... 19- 88 Niners and how they rose from the ashes. <laughs> what um, to beat the Bengals in the yeah. Super Bowl. Okay, so we're we're going there. We have to go into history to make ourselves feel better. Okay. Yes, Tim. Well, well once upon a time okay. the 49ers had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks on their roster and a Hall of Fame receiver. You can probably guess me... how this ends. <laughs> so you're not making me feel better. <laughs> So, they also had a Hall of Fame coach. Well, they weren't playing very well, and then the Hall of Famers started doing their thing, and they beat the Bengals in Super Bowl twenty-three. The end. To you're a horrible storyteller. Um, well, what a great All ending. I will say <laughs> is the 1988 49ers on a 4-1. They were then 5-3, and three, and they went on a run, and they won the Super Bowl. Yes. Yes, they did. So, Brian, any tidbits from history that you'd like to share? Or would you like to give us your trivia answers? But let's go with trivia and wrap this uh, <laughs> wrap this up. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, number one, uh, what year did the NFL institute or bring back the bye week? Tim, you said 1990, right? Yeah, I and said 90. John, you said 1991. It was 1990. The year we lost to the Giants in the NFC. Let's not talk about that. that. Was it? You're make. I know. We just we don't <laughs> need to go to the worst one of the worst lot. No, it was. It still ranks as the worst loss of my 49er fan. We're, we're covering all the fun topics today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need a quaalude to go to sleep tonight. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. I mean, I mean, why don't we just throw in two. Richard Sherman and Crabtree while we're at it? Let's just make our sales feel even better. Well, Richard Sherman did ruin Thanksgiving. Eating, eating like that big, big turkey leg and yeah, on the 49ers logo. Cool. All right. <laughs> Next. Uh, okay. <laughs> so since 1990, when, what has been the earliest week we've had a buy and what has been the latest week we've had a buy? So I gave you guys a hint. Mariucci. John, what did you say? 
Well, I said 2019 week four, but I, I had no answer for the latest one. Okay. Tim? I, I, th- I just threw a shot in the dark. I think I said 2002 and the late, uh, okay. or excuse me, I said 2019 so, for the earliest. I said 2002 for the latest. Okay. So in 96 and in 98, their bye weeks were in week three. So really stinking early. Um, wow. In that process. So, and then in 2000, it was week 13. That was the latest. So that was, yeah. 2000. Okay. Uh, last question. Uh, so I mentioned that the NFL brought the bye weeks in when the league became uneven in terms of the number of teams. So went from even to odd. Um, it happened in 1950, 1960, 1966. So Tim, who joined in 1950, you said which teams again? Uh, well, you said that there were three of them, and I, I know two of them. I know two were the Cleveland Browns and the 49ers. I couldn't remember who the third one was. It was the Baltimore Colts, ooh, who who went defunct and then got brought back like two or three years later. So I think they lasted two years and then they came back. All right, nineteen sixty. Sean, big black glue factory. <laughs> oh boy, nineteen sixty. Which team was it? Went from twelve to thirteen teams. I think I said Minnesota. I thought you said the Saints. Or was that 66? Oh, 68 or 60. Oh, okay. 60 was the Cowboys. Ooh. They I said the in. Texans. That's yeah. Know. Positive achievement. Wrong league. Close. Ah. 1966, last one. Uh, went from 14 to 15 teams. Uh, um, Tim, you said what? I said the Saints. Okay, John. I really had no answer. The NFC South team, it was the Atlanta Falcons who came in in uh, uh, So that was it. Well, I was in the right region. Should I get partial credit? No. Partial. Partial. Uh, okay, that's it. Only three questions this week. So all by theme related. All right. Well, final thoughts, Brian? Let's just get healthy. Let's see some Trent Williams back in two weeks. Uh, and John, I hope you have a great trip to Jacksonville. And um, we'll be singing about all the great stuff that you s- saw. Well, we'll be talking there. next week before I go with actually the guy who we'll, I'll be seeing the game with. We should bring him in post game too. See how we do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm big and positive. Yeah. All right. Uh, final thoughts. I keep thinking about that scene in Aliens when the Marines are standing out there and the dropships coming to pick them up, take them to the spaceship. And then it crashes into the building and the ATV and somebody sings, why don't we build a fire? Singing a couple of songs, huh? That'll, would that work? Kind of where I'm feeling the team's at right now. I'm not saying game over, but we're almost to that point so <laughs> is Kyle and Ripley in this version <laughs> no but I'm Newt saying we better get back soon because they mostly come at dark <laughs> mostly uh, um, take us out John 
<laughs> I just, I'm, I'm just really disappointed. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, they just need to execute better, not only from a, uh, player perspective, but I, I'm really, I'm really putting this on the coaches. I think schematically they have not looked very good. They just look dull and creative, creative. And they they've been out coached the last the last two weeks, and um, you know we should have won in, in Cleveland with you know Jake missing one, but yeah, those are the breaks. But you know I, I just feel like they uh, they need this they need this break. The coaching needs to improve, and with the coaching improve, putting players in better spots, better execution will come, and you'll have a nice you know complimentary football. Uh, but the Niners' road is hard. Jags, Bucks, Seahawks, Eagles, Seahawks, Cardinals, Ravens, Commanders, Rams. So you are facing at least four top teams in uh, leading their respective divisions. Uh, so you're going to have to, if you're going to win a Super Bowl, you're going to have to beat those teams. So it's uh, put up or shove time now for the Niners. So for all of those that you've been tuning in, that we thank you again. Uh, we'll be back next week to uh, go over what's happened the week before. Oh, there's anything with the trade and if how the Niners are fared with uh, Seattle or other games and to preview the Jaguars game with our uh, show's friend, my friend, uh, Michael Oikano. Um, Other than that, be pissed off, but stay faithful. Have a good I'm one. I'm trying. Thanks for listening to Niners Talk. Stay faithful.